Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. I'm Preston Sharp. Today, we are looking at our gospel reading for the week, Matthew 18, 15 through 20. As Christians, we are shaped by reconciliation. Our God is the reconciling God, the one who puts things right. We see this most fully in the cross and the resurrection. Even in our sin, our God is not distant from us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. When we were alienated from God, even his enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, in our reading today, Jesus gives his followers a model for what this reconciling life looks like. Matthew 18. We're not given a whole lot of very good models for reconciliation in our culture today. If we think about the postures that we have toward one another on social media, especially, it doesn't move us towards resolving conflict or bringing about healing. In fact, the tendency, especially on those kind of platforms, is to own the other person, to put them in their place. But Jesus offers a pattern rooted in the pursuit of reconciliation and wholeness and healing. Now, this is part of a larger section on forgiveness. When we forgive someone who's wronged us, that does not mean we paper over the conflict. It doesn't mean we pretend it isn't real. It's not like we're saying, oh, no problem, no big deal. No, it's saying that it's real, the offense happened, and now we move towards restoration. Notice the process that Jesus gives us is a victim-led process, which would have been so radical in the ancient world. The idea that the one who has been hurt, the one who has been offended, leads or initiates that process would have been radical. And notice here that the goal is restoration, winning over the family member so that they can be restored. This is incredibly important, and this has been understood this way throughout church history. I think sometimes we have this idea that in the early church, they were a lot more harsh. They were a lot more strong than we were. And that modern Christians have tended to just soften everything because it offends our sensibilities. So we tend to think of things that way. But especially when it comes to this reading, the church has always understood the purpose of this process to be restorative. John Chrysostom, one of our early church fathers, says, He does not say accuse him or punish him or take him to court. He says correct him, for he is possessed, as it were, by some stupor and drunk in his anger and disgrace. The one who is healthy must go to the one who is sick. You must conduct your judgment of him privately. Make your cure easy to accept. For the words correct him mean nothing other than help him see his indiscretion. Tell him what you have suffered from him. Jesus says in this process that first we're to go to the person, the one who is offended, the one who's done something wrong, we're to go to that person one-on-one. And then, and and you do so in private to really protect that person, respect that person, 
honor that person. My parents are marriage and family therapists, and they have a process for conflict resolution. And the first step is always just ask for a time to talk to that person. Just ask for a time to talk. It's at that point that we show respect for that person. We show respect for their time. And then we take the step, hey, I want this thing to be resolved. Then Jesus says, if you've gone to someone individually and they still do not listen to you, take two others with you. This is a check on your own judgment. It's not ganging up on them. It's not saying, hey, I I told you this once. Now I'm going to go get my buddies and we're going to put some pressure on you. No, the, the goal is to check you, to check your judgment. Again, from John Chrysostom, for the more shameful and bold-faced he is, so much the more must you be earnest towards his cure, not towards satisfying your anger and hurt feelings. Do you see how he seeks the interest not of the aggrieved party alone, but also the one who caused the grief? The third act then, so you've gone to them individually, then you've brought some other people as a check on your judgment to go with you. And then the third act is if the person is still completely unrepentant. The third option is to inform the assembly, verse 17. Now, for us, we go, okay, so we stand up in church and tell everybody about this? Jesus is probably referring to small groups, bands of followers here, rather than a public church service. And even then, the aggrieved is not to rush to this step. In fact, John Chrysostom ties this to Jesus' command in verse 22 to forgive your brother or sister who sins against you, and you forgive them 77 times. <laughs> so John Chrysostom ties these two together, and he says that you should make an effort 77 times before you take the step of bringing this to the congregation. Remember, the goal here is not just for the aggrieved party. It is for the aggrieved party, but it's also healing for the offending one. So we want to take those steps to bring about that healing. The hardest part here, I think, is at the end. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Okay, there's a couple things to remember here. First of all, remember that early Christianity emerged in the midst of the giant Roman Empire. Christians were a small minority, and it was critical that they stay together. Jesus knew this. Betrayal of the community could lead to the persecution or even death of many people. So evil had to be dealt with in really strong terms. If there is any evil involved, unrepentant sin which has infiltrated the community, the offending party's refusal to face that means a necessary break of fellowship. In fact, the goal is still reconciliation. But reconciliation can only come after the problem has been faced. So that separation creates uh, possibly that opportunity for it to finally be faced. But there's a second thing here. When we hear treat him as a pagan or tax collector, we need to remember Jesus's posture towards tax collectors and people outside. The goal is always still reconciliation and mercy. That's always the heart towards those who are outside the family or a tax collector, pagan. The boundaries have to change because of the offense. That's a necessary thing, but there's still hope for redemption. 
Now, in the church today, there are even times where the church and congregations have had to excommunicate members who are abusive and unwilling to seek healing. I've once heard it said, everyone is welcome to the table, except the one who wants to destroy the table. Now, this is on a community scale, but even in the lives of individual Christians, there will be people that one has to just release to set strict boundaries with them and maybe not even spend time with them at all. That doesn't mean that the one who has set the boundaries, the one who's been hurt and has had to set the boundaries, that doesn't mean they don't love the offender. It doesn't even mean they don't forgive them. It means that the offender can no longer be trusted in certain contexts. Because of this, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, excommunication is really nothing more than the recognition of the state of affairs which already exists. The offending person has already broken in an unrepentant way this relationship with that person. So excommunication just identifies that reality. This also conveys the seriousness of the church. The church is not merely a club, a social club, or an institution. When Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, Jesus is saying that the church, guided by the Spirit of God, carries heavenly authority. To be separated from her is in some real way to be separated from heaven, from God's will. The early church fathers insisted on this. Now, for many of us, this is tough because any talk of church discipline, in quotation marks, leaves a terrible taste in our mouths. We have all experienced times where a pastor particularly or a person in power aggressively used this scripture to enforce his own view of sin or out of his own insecurity to emphasize his power in the congregation. This is why focus must always be on the desire for the community to be healed not on power, though power dynamics always exist. We need to acknowledge them. And remember that this is led by the victims, not by the power brokers. Jesus says that if two of them agree with anything they ask for, it will be done by his Father in heaven. What's this talking about? Well, at this time, Jewish councils required a minimum of three judges to come to a decision regarding minor cases in the local community. This was based on the assumption that the tangible presence of God, the Shekinah glory, was with a just court. It was also said that when two men gathered to discuss the law anytime, that God's presence was there. Jesus assumes that God's presence is with his disciples, which guarantees that when they have consensus, in asking in prayer for guidance on matters of discipline, the Heavenly Father will guide them as they carry it out. Notice the emphasis. It's on the character and heart of God, the reconciler, and the unity of the people. Reconciliation is the goal. Now we have to say reconciliation is not always possible in this life. We hope and long for that day when everything is reconciled to God fully. But our hope is always to do whatever it is that we can to live out God's reconciliation here and now. 
What this requires is very counterintuitive. We have to value healing over being right, to value restoration over being better than our brother or our sister. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.